TED Audio Collective. As a young person, I had my fair share of jobs. Babysitting, receptionist at a local church, assistant at a doctor's office. I was always doing something. My parents funded my private school education, so at an early age, I understood that I needed to pay for the extra things I wanted, like the latest Gap sweater or hot Nike Airs. And outside of my fashion obsession, paying for my other obsession, basketball. I wanted to get better at the sport, which meant going to basketball camp over the summer, all paid for by my own hard-earned money. This created a work ethic in me that has largely influenced who I am today. And let me tell you, who knows where I would be now without that entrepreneurial spirit I had as a child. It has helped me to be successful in business and academia, which makes me wonder, what are some of the key skills we need as children? How do we effectively teach this spirit? And how early in life can we actually start learning these skills? I'm Madhu Bakanola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is Tamika Montgomery. She's a mother and CEO of Core Strategy Partners, a research insights and strategy firm that focuses on the human experience. In this talk, Tamika offers five strategies that can ultimately help set young people up for success. And while her talk is about kids... The tools she highlights can be used by anyone at any point in their lives. Then after the talk, I'll share how to use a few of these tips in our organizations to make sure that we're creating environments where people can grow and thrive in their careers. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for this show comes from Economist Education. TED Business listeners know we've discussed how businesses can drive solutions to social problems, which requires understanding and presenting your data effectively. And Economist Education has a new course on data storytelling and visualization. Economist Education provides online executive education courses that last about two to six weeks. They're designed to empower business professionals to thrive. It covers everything from international relations, sustainability, critical thinking, and more. The courses feature senior editors from The Economist and invited experts who share their insights. Economist Education is a great way to stay ahead in your career, and I have a special offer to get you started. Get 15% off any course from Economist Education, only available by going to my exclusive URL, education.economist.com slash tedbusiness. Enter our promo code TEDBUSINESS at registration. This offer ends on March 31st. Don't wait for 15% off. Go now to education.economist.com slash tedbusiness and use promo code TEDBUSINESS at registration. 
Through conversations with investors and entrepreneurs, Unseen Upside by Cambridge Associates explores the human impact of investing. Season 4 focuses on exciting healthcare advancements, promising to improve outcomes and create resilient, patient-centric systems, blending technology and compassion. Meet the minds behind innovation shaping the future of medicine, from drug discovery to the role of AI. Uncover the Unseen Upside, available now. How do we raise self-reliant kids who have initiative, who are resilient, and who can be problem solvers? Kids who have the skills and the courage to step outside of their comfort zone and take advantage of what life has to offer. I'm a mom to these three boys, and if you're a parent like me, you've probably asked yourself those very same questions. And while I'm sure that every caring parent wants those same things for their children, I think we're going about it the wrong way. We want our kids to be happy and successful. So our instinct is to shield them from hurt and disappointment. We worry about their self-esteem, so we praise them for everything. We We are concerned about whether or not they fit in, so we indulge them. And we don't want them to fail, so we step in and take over. And we do all of this in an attempt to curate a perfect life for them. But what we're really doing is raising kids who are afraid to take risks because they fear failure, kids who lack the confidence in their ability to figure things out, and then young people who are afraid to launch into adulthood. More young adults are living at home and for longer stretches. And this was occurring even before the pandemic. And what we're finding is that young adults are stuck between adolescence and adulthood. And that's the generation of people that we're raising. And in fact, we hear this in the language that young adults even use when they have to make responsible adult decisions. There's a term for it. Who knows what that is? Adulting, yes. The practice of behaving in a characteristic of a responsible adult. So I am convinced that as parents and caregivers, we are missing out on a great opportunity to raise kids who are resilient and can, and can take hold of their future, kids who can step outside of their comfort zone and do amazing things. Now, these are skills that are necessary not only for them to lead fulfilling lives and live out their potential, but those are skills that are also necessary for our changing world. So back to my original question, how do we raise self-reliant kids who have initiative, are resilient, and can be problem solvers? I believe we do that by raising kids who can think and act entrepreneurially. Kids who have, who have the opportunity or who have the skill set to view the world 
from an entrepreneurial mindset. So let me tell you how I came to this conclusion. So for more than 20 years, my work was centered around supporting adult entrepreneurs, providing them with training and technical assistance and resources to help them start and grow their businesses. And something I would observe, we'd have two individuals come into our office seeking assistance. And on the surface, it appeared that those individuals were at the same level in terms of resources, capabilities, skills, and business acumen. But what we would find is that one individual would take that information and go with it. And then the other individual would just seem to have trouble really getting traction and getting going. And what I realized was that it had nothing to do with skill or capability. What it came down to was the mindset of that individual. And observing this got me thinking, how might I raise my children such that they can view the world like an entrepreneur? That they would have the courage to step out and to change the world with an entrepreneurial lens. So that set us out, my husband and I, on a 15-year journey to raise entrepreneurial kids. And we really saw this come together when my eldest son, Silas, was nine years old. We had been living here in Maryland for about two years, and my husband was planning to travel back to Colorado to visit his mother. And so Silas asked me, he said, hey, mom, can me and my brothers also go with dad to visit grandma? And I said, well, you know, Silas, four airline tickets were not in the budget, but you can go if you can buy your own ticket. So he paused for a moment and he said, okay, um, well, how much are airline tickets? And I said about $300. And so his next question, I have to say, it literally blew my mind. So he said, okay, um, can I find free stuff on Craigslist and then resell it? Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can. And so then over the course of that summer, that's exactly what he did. You know, he would get online and research Craigslist. My husband would take him to go pick up those things. And then I would help him take pictures and post them online. But then he also did some other things that summer. He hustled. So he, he sold and baked, he baked and sold cookies. And then he also washed cars. And throughout that entire process, my husband and I, we guided him along. Um, we were there to coach and encourage him, but we allowed him to take the lead. When it was time for him to make his sales pitch, you know, we coached him on how to make the pitch. But when it was time to knock on the doors, he stood forward and we stepped back. And that summer, he raised the money. He earned the money to purchase his airline ticket. And he made a little bit more and he bought me a gift. Think about the confidence that this put in him at nine years old, that he could have a big goal and that he could persevere to achieve that goal. Amazing. But when I share that story with other parents, Many of them shake their head and say, you know what, <laughs> my kid could never do that because my kids don't have the entrepreneurial gene. 
Well, entrepreneurs are not born. The skills and the experiences that cause a person to be entrepreneurial can be taught and it can be nurtured. Now, raising entrepreneurial kids is more than just teaching them how to start a business so they can earn money. Raising entrepreneurial kids is really about preparing kids for life, equipping them with everything that they need, with the confidence, with the ability to speak up, to persevere, to have tenacity, to bounce back from fear and rejection. Those are the things that are required in our world to live to one's potential. So in order for me to learn as much as I could about raising entrepreneurial kids, I interviewed dozens of parents and kids to find out what they were doing. And so I want to share with you what I learned. And I want to share with you five strategies that I'm actually doing with my children and that honestly, I think every parent should be doing with their children to disrupt our conventional way of parenting. So number one, don't give them an allowance. That's right. That's what I'm talking about, too. Yes. Don't give them an allowance. Instead, challenge them to start a business to earn their spending money. So this is my boys. And this is how one of the ways that they've earned money, um, their own spending money, is they make bracelets. And there is no better lesson around the value of a dollar than when you have to work hard to earn each one of them. And through this process... Our kids will learn confidence, financial literacy, public speaking, how to convince people, all skills that are valuable for the world that we live in. So don't give them an allowance. The next thing is make them pay for their wants. You know, key to entrepreneurship is about personal responsibility and ownership. And It is amazing how when you put the responsibility on someone else to buy that thing that they said they really wanted, kind of shifts a little bit, right? (laughs) It really, really does. It's no different with the kids. Um, And so we actually started this quite early with our children. So when Silas was about four years old, I created Daddy Dollars. And the boys would earn daddy dollars for doing things such as chores, for exhibiting positive behavior, and for also um, reading books. And Silas actually purchased his first bike from using daddy dollars. He had to earn 250 daddy dollars, and that allowed him to purchase his first bike. Now, yeah, you know, these are not real, real dollars, but to Silas, That experience of working hard to earn that money and to buy that bike was a very real experience for him. Also, in 2019, our family decided to take a trip to Tanzania. And so, you know, the boys were really excited about it. And I said, now, if you want to go to Tanzania, your dad and I are going. But if you want to go to Tanzania, you know what you got to do? What do you think I told them? They're going to have to buy their own airline ticket. Yes. Now, the tickets to Tanzania were not cheap. They were $900 a piece. Yeah. But 
check this out. This is what I just loved was when I told the boys that they were going to have to buy their own ticket. Silas, remembering back to what he had done when he was about nine years old, he said to his brothers, that's easy. Don't worry about it. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. And sure enough, they worked hard over several months and they did just that. They were able to earn enough money by selling their bracelets that I showed you earlier. And they all um, were able to go with their parents to Tanzania. So I would encourage you to make your kids pay for the things that they say they want. The next is to reduce their prosperity. Now let's admit it, kids today have a lot of stuff, right? And when you think about it, I understand this need and this desire as parents to want to give our kids experiences and things that maybe we did not have when we were children. But when we choose a parenting style of overindulging our children by providing them with too much, too soon, for too long, with no effort on their part, what we do is actually raise young people who are self-centered and entitled because we're dealing with it today. And he said, if you wish to make your son helpless, you need not cripple him with a bullet or a bludgeon, but simply place him beyond the reach of necessity and surround him with luxury and ease. Still true today. Steve Jobs, in a speech to some grad, to graduate, in a graduation speech, told the graduates to stay hungry. And what we love about entrepreneurs is their hustle. And oftentimes that hustle is rooted in a hunger for something. But if our kids never want for anything, what's going to motivate them to take action? So I encourage you to reduce your kids' prosperity. Next is to let them be delight-directed. Entrepreneurs are lifelong learners. They learn to do, not simply to know. And when we encourage our children to seek out learning for the things that they are most interested in, they become learners who seek to learn to do because they're teaching themselves as opposed to just simply pouring in information which is sometimes what we get in our education system. And so this is my, my son, Isaiah. His delight is drawing. And so he spends hours drawing and he seeks out classes, teach him how to draw. And he was recently awarded um, an award by the Smithsonian Museum of African Art for creating, thank you, yeah, this superhero from looking at a piece of art in the museum and he designed this. But now Isaiah is designing logos for people. So now he's, yeah, <laughs> I love it. So, so give them room and space to follow their delights. And then lastly, let them solve their own problems. Entrepreneurs are problem solvers. And as parents, it is our natural instinct to want to step in and help our kids solve their problems. But when we do that, all the time, we kind of squelch the potential that they have to discover new things about themselves 
new capabilities that they might have. Um, it squelches their ability to go out and find the answers for themselves. So I want you to think about those five things as you begin to raise up young people. And yeah, you know what? It's very likely that my boys may not choose business ownership when they grow up. And that's okay. Because whether, whether a child chooses to build a company or become an employee, it doesn't matter. Because every kid needs to learn how to think like an entrepreneur. And the sooner we do this as parents, create an environment at home where they have the opportunity in multiple occasions to challenge their beliefs about what's possible within them, to step outside of their comfort zone, to take risks, to learn from failure, to bounce back from rejection, then the sooner we'll put them on the path of living out their potential to lead very fulfilling and successful lives. Thank you. Tired of unnecessary payroll errors and the problems they bring? Like employees missing bills because of shorted paychecks, managers taking the heat from angry employees about those shorted paychecks, HR and payroll teams clocking late hours to correct timesheets, expense mistakes, missing overtime, and sick days. All of that is so unnecessary. Pump the brakes on payroll errors for good by putting employees in the driver's seat. With Paycom's Betty, employees do their own payroll. Betty identifies errors and guides employees to fix them before submission, right in the app. Because no one can afford for payroll to be wrong, and who knows when their pay is wrong or right better than employees. So why not let them fix payroll problems before they become problems? When you get payroll precision every time, unnecessary payroll hassles become, well, unnecessary. Manage the process to make payday right for everyone with Paycom. Learn more at paycom.com slash soundrise. That's paycom.com slash soundrise. If there's a surefire way to wake up feeling fresh after a night of enjoying alcohol, it's with Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/tedbusiness to get 15% off your first order when you use Ted Business at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com/tedbusiness and use the code tedbusiness at checkout for 15% off. Thank you Zbiotics for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Tamika's no joke. She put her kids to work. 
And the tips she laid out are not only useful for child rearing, but can also be applied to the workplace. Let's take reduce prosperity. Another way to think about this at work is how do you keep people hungry and motivated to not just give the minimum, but go above and beyond without burning them out? Uh, through feedback? Managers are so bad at giving feedback, partially because it can be stressful. You want to develop somebody, but you don't want to hurt their feelings by telling them they messed something up. You don't want to look like the bad person, but sometimes you have to share negative news, and that's no fun. So if you're nervous about giving feedback, but you want someone to stay hungry, one tip is to depersonalize the feedback. For example, when working with a second-year grad student who isn't quite getting the hang of things, I often share some of the behaviors and practices that third-year grad students are doing that they can emulate. For instance, while a second-year might ask me to introduce them to someone they admire or want guidance from, a third-year would draft an email to send to that person, get my advice on that email, and proactively make their own connection. Encouraging those you lead and manage to notice the behaviors of people one level above them makes them more observant, keeps them hungry, and is a whole lot more motivating than saying something negative like, make your own darn connections. Another tip of Tamika's, let kids solve their own problems. In the tech space, one way that many companies are doing this nowadays is by having hackathons. People at a company come together over a short period of time, say 24 hours or three days, to develop new ideas and fix problems. Did you know the Facebook like button came out of a hackathon? Having focused time and autonomy is one sure way to let people solve problems that surface in your company. And I think my favorite tip from Tamika is about finding your delight and helping others do that too. Have you ever asked a colleague what brought them joy that week or that month? The answer to that question essentially captures people's delight. So maybe we should be asking more often. Have people keep a running list of those delightful things with the goal of first noticing what brings them joy. Then try to incorporate these moments of delight more frequently into the work week. Applying these tips can help those around you at work be more attentive, take initiative, and even become better problem solvers. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Brittany Brown and fact-checked by Julia Dickerson. Special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'm Madupa Aginola. Talk to you again next week. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software 
with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple.